0: Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers, and we are in a time of quarantine and concern and physical danger, and um, I want to call it a new lifestyle. If you didn't hear me philosophizing a few days ago, um, I encourage you to go back and hear it, not that you need my philosophizing, but I think sometimes we miss. Um, we miss an opportunity to register a new way. And I received a piece of poetry. As, um, you know, are you getting a lot of things like I am from various people saying, read this, take this, go to this website, open this, um, just, just going on and on, okay? Okay. And um, so, uh, and I looked at at most of them, but this one really touched me. It's not very long, so I'm going to read it to you. It was called The Pandemic. It was written in mid-March by a gal whose name is Lynn Ungar. I don't know her, but a friend of mine does. What if you thought of it as the Jews considered the Sabbath? The most sacred of times. Seek from travel. Seek from buying and selling. Give up. Just for now. I'm trying to make the world different than it is. Things. trace, Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Enter down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You can hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out your tendrils of compassion that move invisibly or cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health so long as we all shall live. I'm sorry. I hope that is somewhat encouraging to you. I have read it several times in the last few days, and I find it very profound. I find it the place of rest instead of the place of fear. Well, today we are gathered to talk about the third of the seven statements that Jesus spoke from the cross. And I want to read the passage that this statement is spoken in John chapter 19, verses 25 and 26. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas. And Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciples took her into his home motherhood. Not just Mary's motherhood, but our own motherhood. Many of us who are part of Modern Homemakers are mothers. Some of us are mothers and grandmothers. Some of us have one child. Some of us have nine children. We are mothers. And some of us have no children, but we have been the mothers of the hearts of those who God has put before us. Mary is the mother of God, the mother of Jesus. Mary didn't ask for this. She didn't get in the position where she couldn't wait to bear a child. She wasn't even married. And an angel spoke to her. And she said, be it done unto me. And then many things that happened to her in those early months, in the early years of Jesus' life, From the encounter with Simeon and Anna at the temple, to Jesus' temple experience, to the first miracle of the wedding of Canaan, we see the mother of Jesus. And we see her holding forth in many different ways. When I think about motherhood, and I think about motherhood in the scripture, and many mothers come to me. Hannah, Hannah, who longed for a child and Hannah's situation and how God gave her a child. I think of so many people I know personally who tried so hard to have a child. Some of them may have wanted children more than they wanted their husbands. They wanted to be a mother. They wanted to have the experience of bearing a child, the experience of taking a child, an adoption child. I think of a young friend of ours, who has four biological children and three adopted children. Her mothering experience ranges from, right now, four years old to 22 years old. One who is married, one who is in college, one who is graduating from high school, and one who hasn't started school yet. I mean, motherhood is so all-encompassing. But, you know, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who stood at the foot of the cough and watched the worst kind of death anyone could have. It has been recorded for centuries. It has been described that no torture could ever be worse than the tortures plural plural that happened at the cross and that in the end there is asphyxiation. These words that Jesus speaks, woman, behold thy son. Behold thy mother, he says to John. This is what was going on. The soldiers, meanwhile, were standing near the cross. His mother and his mother's sister and his mother's friend, Mary, and Mary Magdalene, who we know so well, came from a life on the streets and was changed, transformed. He came in his paradise in a twinkling of an eye when Jesus encounters her. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, he says to her, woman, here is your son. I was reading some things about this statement, and one of the things that seems a little far-fetched, fetched to me, and yet we get some words. We get some concrete pieces in this statement. We do. And the concrete pieces are the words were spoken by Jesus. The third statement of seven. He's running out of gas. He's running out of air. And yet in this moment, he pauses and he stops. And he speaks to his mother. And he speaks to John, his beloved disciple. And he says, take care of her. Watch over her. Now, now... These days, caring for your mother and father, honoring your mother and father, he was a very good Jew. I I think the headliner might be, Jesus, my shepherd, he cares for me. I can see maybe four or five, two or three, I don't know, sidelights that happen in this moment, this statement. Again, there's noticing and listening. There's a frame, a picture frame. I think these statements. I always want to put them somehow in a picture frame. What do you see when you look at a picture? What do you see when you look at a class photo? Yourself. You you look for yourself first. You look at the people you know. You go to a reunion, 25 year, 30 year old high school, college, reunion, you look in the picture of who you were then. And I think in this frame of this production and this movie, God through John takes the time to give us an unfolding narrative and some of the details of the last moments of his son's humanity. They are like scenes in each play that have their own meaning and their own contribution to the whole Jesus, who is my shepherd, even on the cross, cares for me. Jesus assures us in the same way that he cares for his mother. And at this dark scene on Calvary, there are these people who are identified. We are aware of his mission. We are aware of his pain. We are aware of the people who are close. We are aware that there's some comparison to the four people who are soldiers in another portion of the scripture who are shaking dice for his one-piece garment, which was priceless. And here are four over here. Is there any connection? And when he says, Behold your son, is that Behold your son because Christ is in John? I'm not changing theology here. But I'm wondering if Jesus knows that he is going to die and there will be a resurrection and he knows that John will have Christ in him. And when he says to her, behold, your son, will she see Jesus in John? It's just a word. It's just a sentence. He identifies her. He calls her by name. He He calls her out, and I wonder how she could hear it with all the noise and all the ruckus. He provides for her, as he does for us. He is a provision. He has been a provision for the other Mary uh, for eternity. And then he speaks to John, and he says to John, honoring this mantle that passes from Jesus to John. Jesus, the Jewish Savior, knows these commandments about honor your father and mother. And he's honoring his father in abiding for this ultimate plan. He's, for he's honored for his mother. His honor for his mother is being displayed and being written about that 2,000 years later, we can read it. But he's also showing us a responsibility for mankind. I was talking to a friend who likes to philosophize also, and we were talking about the virus and Suffering that we are all engaged in? And are we aware of this suffering, that we are doing this suffering for all of mankind? When we're asked to close our doors of business, when we're asked to quarantine ourselves at home, when we're asked to do with less, when we're asked to, some of these accounts that we hear, make your heart bleed, for the fact that people are out of work and can't even get through to the unemployment office, for students who are out of school and don't have computers. And I said this a few days ago, and I'm going to say it as often as the Lord prompts me to, don't worry about writing a check to some donation. Look around in your world. Look around who your neighbor is. When you go to the grocery store to buy your supplies and you do it carefully, when you watch all the things we should be watching to care for ourselves. Look around for God to say to you, do this for that member of mankind. In here, in this statement, in this week of weeks, while the virus is going on, it is still a week of weeks, it is still a holy week, and he shows us at the cross, he still has room for care and love in the midst of pain and suffering. He does a small, simple, but important thing. Why were Mary and his mother and John there at the cross? I believe they were there because they loved Jesus. But I also believe it was cause of God's plan and provision. And these women had been faithful. They had been present. They had been a part of the entourage that traveled. And now they are sticking with Jesus. Remember that some of them did not stick. Some of them denied Jesus, including Peter, who would become the rock that Jesus built the church on. This Mary Magdalene, who had these demons cast out of her. And the mother of Mary's sister, which we don't know much about. But these women, when we read about them in the New Testament, Tabitha, they they were women who gave up their own personal time and their own personal means. I think this is what he's calling us to pause and be able to do. That's what that piece of poetry is about to me. He's giving us opportunity to do things. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you how many women, and I would honestly think every woman that I ever spoke to about prayer, about Bible study, has said to me, I wish I had more time for prayer. I wish I had more time for Bible study. I wish I had more time for Bible reading. And here, we have been given this more time. I have to tell you that very close in our world is uh, a family, a couple. They're our age. They, like us, have an only child. And about hmm, 35 years ago, they went to help a young man who needed help, who was in a hard way. Uh, drugs, uh, chasing, being chased by the law, finally went to jail. And in the 37 years they've known this young man, they have cared for him. They have been his family. Jesus creates family among those who love him. One of the scenes that we see the mother of Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, Mary, And his brothers, they're coming to find him. And the passage is very strong in the original language. They're coming to get him. They think he's doing too much. Have you had anyone ever say that to you? You're doing too much. You should stop doing so much. And this is what they're coming to do. And what does Jesus say when someone knocks on the door or calls out the crier and says, Jesus, your mother and brothers are here. What does Jesus say? Uh, It's one of those times, and I think it almost sounds like a sarcastic Jesus. He says, who are my mother and my brothers? Pause. And then he says, those who do the will of God. What does that mean? I've said this for years. You, Those of you who have, like I have had all my life, a mother, a father, a brother who chose not to follow Christ. Who's been my family? Well, they are my biological family, and I care for them. I, I engage with them. But who is my family? I have been given many family members who have loved me. God created new families in my life, created me to love people who, who live in my world. I have a young woman who lives in my world very close to me, whose family lives on another continent. I'm not her mother, but she is a part of my family, and I care for her like she was my daughter. These words of Jesus show us that Christ is a mystery and family is a mystery, and today you will be with, par- with me in paradise. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciples, he saw in his humanity, not in his observation, but care, Careful women, care for John careful women who have been traveling, out of his deep love he provides for his mother. He uses this opportunity to provide. He does not say Mary or mother, but as a rabbi would say, in direction he is giving to his mother, a rabbi, a teacher, a leader, he says, woman, behold your son. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. Because that's what he says at the woman to Mary at the wedding. Woman, it is not my time. So he wears this role with her as God and teacher, but also as son, literally. And now we see that in this provision, history records that literally that day, Mary went home to be with John for the remainder of her life. I don't know, maybe, maybe there's someone in your life that God is calling you to take in, someone who is childless, someone whose children have turned their backs on this mother. I, I don't know how God plans to use this statement, but then that hour, John took the responsibility, the serving of this woman called Mary, who was the mother. Of Christ. Behold your son. Behold your mother. The third statement from the cross. There are four statements left. I begin to feel, as I hope you feel, the exhaustion, what it will take for him to say the remaining words that he plans to say as he gives his life on the cross. The words are all written on the front page of our website and their passages. I certainly encourage you to listen each day, to take the passage in your private place with God. If you are a mother or a father or the leader of a family or the leader of a group, perhaps it's a passage you would read. Perhaps you would read this passage meditatively, not just contextually. I pray that I have given you some thoughts that will encourage you on this day in the week of weeks, Holy Week 2020. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon day of caring for someone during this crisis of the night.